coach at Liberty University. During part two of my conversation with Scott, we talk about staff development and the rhythms of his staff, developing leaders in his program, ways he has improved as a leader, people he admires and would like to learn from, and much, much more. Scott has created an unbelievable environment in his program and is a phenomenal leader. So without further ado, my conversation with Scott Jackson. Okay, let's talk staff development. Um, okay. Yeah. Got, you, you know, obviously, two paid assistants, volunteer. You guys have a you guys have a director of ops. Um, do you guys have a like a player development? You guys have player development, so you're yep. looking at five right there plus you. So there's six total. Yep. How, how how big's your staff? When you do an all staff meeting, how big is it? Yeah. So it's me, um, my two paid assistants, our volunteer. Then we've got director of player development, strength coach, trainer. Um, we're blessed here to have those offices right here in the building. Yeah. Uh, we've got um, director of pitching development. Uh, and then we've got actually a, a student assistant here, Ryan Cordell, who played in the big leagues for, for two years. Uh, he's on our staff. And then Derek Orndorff just finished playing for us, um, our center fielder. He's back here as a graduate assistant for our strength program. So we have a staff of 10 people that make up um, all of it. It's awesome. Love it. Okay, what are your rhythms? Um, What are your staff meeting rhythms? Like I'm talking everybody. Um, And and you can break it down also just maybe with the the on-the-field coaches. Yeah, what are your – give us an idea of your rhythms. Yeah, I mean, I think really – the communication level here is really good. I mean, we talk about our players a lot. We talk about, you know, and and it's good for me to get the perspective of what we're seeing in the training room, what we're seeing in the weight room, um, what we're seeing, not just the physical part, but just kind of the, what they'll want to the motor of the kids. Um, And really, I I would say our, our rhythm of all being on the same page and valuing each other's thoughts and opinions um, I think that helps our assistants feel like uh, what I see matters. I think it helps them build vision for, hey, what am I looking for every day um, with the kids? And then if there's behaviors or patterns we don't like, like how can we correct them? And I think for all of us just having to play, hey, what do we think about this? You know, what do we need to do for this kid? How can we help this kid? How can we be better for him um, and put him in better environments to be in our program? And so I think really that's um, that starts with me. Like, you know, what do you guys see? And then when we get out there, you know, I, I kind of lead it, I guess, but I really let them go. Um, I, I really don't say a whole lot when I'm down in the bullpen with Coach Williams. It's fun. I'm learning a lot from him. Same thing with, you know, with Coach Cannon, with the infielders and the hitters and, you know, just kind of sitting back and letting them them go a little bit. And I think that helps. That's what that's what um, Coach Scaff and, and Coach Fox did for me. You know, they didn't hover over me. They didn't look mm-hmm. over my shoulder um, they just let me go. And if there was something that I needed to, you know, know along the way or, or coach Fox wanted to pull me aside and say, Hey, let's do it a little bit different then that was great. But, um, I, I think those are the things that were modeled for me. And those are the things that I, I, I try to do, you know, in this chair now. Do you guys, um, 
all 10 of you, do you meet weekly? Do you meet daily? What's that look like? Yeah, um, uh, most of our, our on-the-field stuff is, is pretty much the five of us up here. Yeah. Um, and then we rarely meet all of us together, um, but I'll go down to the weight room um, and talk to Brett. Like, hey, how did it go yesterday? Matt will go down to the weight room and talk to Brett, and then he'll come up to my office on his way in and say, hey, you know, hey, by the way, I just talked to Brett, you know, here's what was going on in the weight room yesterday, so-and-so is not feeling well, and then if I need to check with Dan, um, I can go down there to Dan, uh, our trainer, our head trainer, so even though we don't meet a whole lot, we've got all of our offices right, or we don't, I shouldn't say we don't meet a lot, we don't all meet all 10 of us um, in the same room a lot, but there's a lot of communication and, and a lot of talk as we go through this, you know, every single day and, and to have all of our offices right here in the same building, man, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. That's really good. It sounds like you do. Um, I can't remember exactly the, the, the framework. I've heard it multiple times, like this idea of uh, leadership by walking around. Yes. Yes. I'm always, you know, if I, if I need Brett, uh, or if I need to talk to Brett, I don't like to call him. I like to go down to his office and yeah. sit down with him and say, hey, man, what's going on with so-and-so? What'd you see? Or same, same thing with Dan. Um, you know, it's just, I'm just a big communication guy. I don't think I, I'll over communicate to the point where you get tired of hearing from me, you know, from that emails and text messages and stuff like that, just to make sure we're all on the same page. It's been a great, you take one of us out of it. I mean, you just you just take one of us out of it. And I think it changes the dynamic to the point where I would like, whoa, you know, what are we going to do now? We got to replace one of us. It's just been a really great group to be around and work with. It's cool. OK, leadership development within your within your team. Do you have captains? Do you have a leadership council? Do you just broadly? Hey, we're all leaders. Let's let's all. Yeah. What's that look like? Yeah, I think every team's different. Um, and, and I think the dynamic of what that looks like and who kind of emerges, um, sometimes, you know, going in, you know, you've got a great leader from last year that's returning. And then I think there's other guys that kind of learn, you know, what we need and they want to accept that responsibility. The, the one thing that I don't want to do as a coach is, um, hey, I, I think, you know, Travis, you should be you should be one of our leaders. Um, and, and I really want you to be one of our leaders because you, you're in the lineup every day and you, you know, you, you're really talented and, and people, well, you may not want that responsibility and that may not be a big part of your personality and that's okay. Um, you know, that's one thing I think you have to be careful with as a coach mm. is tagging somebody as a captain or putting something on them that just doesn't radiate well with their personality as far as, you know, other people around them. So, I don't do captains. Um, I, I do have kind of a, a leadership council. I don't, I don't, you know, specifically call it that or talk about it around our players, but we've got two, two players that are in their fifth year here, um, Gray Betts and Jalen Guy, that have seen a lot here and been part of all three of these last regionals. And so they know, um, they know what I like, they know what our standards are here. And so I'll communicate with those guys. If I feel like, hey, come on up here and talk to me, man. How's it going in the locker room? Uh, they were shown, you know, how to lead by older players. And yeah. so they've done a great job of passing the torch. And so they just, they get that part of it. I think if you ask both of them, um, they've kind of taken their aspirations for, uh, I'm going to play in the big leagues. Don't get me wrong. They want to play in the big leagues, but I don't think that's at the front of their thoughts every day. I think it has a lot to do with their teammates. And so they've been fantastic. I mean, they're, they're guys that I'll, I'll, 
I'll have a hard time parting with when their time's done here. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's really good. Do you, or have you done anything like, um, gosh, I don't like, Hey, get the, get those two guys that sound like they're really good for you in the, in the leadership position in uh, unofficial leadership position, which I love by the way. Um, and then, you know, Hey, let's go through a book. Hey, here's an article, or is it just a uh, way more organic type relationship? Yeah, I would say it's it's definitely more organic. Um, like Gray came in here the other day and had typed up some thoughts, um, you know, and he'll and he'll tell me what he thinks we, you know, hey, I think we should do this. And and it doesn't mean I'm going to do it every time, but I right. just love to get his perspective on, you know, at this time of year, especially like, hey, how are the new guys doing? Is there anybody that seems kind of disconnected or that, that kind of seems like they're kind of maybe distant from the group, you know, those are the things that I really want to know this time of year um, so that I can, you know, kind of maybe go out of my way to just um, have some time with them. Hey man, come by my office tomorrow, you know, and just, is everything okay? Do you like it here? What can I do to coach you better? Um, That's one of my favorite things to ask kids. Like, what do you need from me? How can I, how can I coach you better? Um, And so to have those moments and to get that perspective, that's really what I'm looking for you know, with those guys, if there's an article out there or there's a, um, I do a lot of like videoing stuff, interviews that I, that, that are on MLB network or something like that. And I'll share them with the whole team, yeah. um, you know, and just, Hey, you know, this is really good perspective, but there was a really good interview with Will Smith last year as the Braves went through, you know, their, their ride to the, to the world series championship. And, um, you know, I just, I literally took my phone and videoed my TV screen and then we watched it the next day as a team. So things like that, I like doing, you know, honestly, we need to do a better job here of, of doing things off the field together. Um, you know, we need to go play paintball or we need to go bowling or, or we need to go to, you know, a movie, do stuff like that, that, you know, I, I, I again, I, I need to do a better job of connecting our guys that way. And, and again, I'm always trying to make it not so much about baseball and that's an area that we can really improve on. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Uh, for the sake, so most of my listeners, I would say uh, uh, an overwhelming majority are coaches. So for the sake of that coach out there who is an assistant right now, and he has no idea that in nine months, you know, depending on the sport, four months, whatever, he's going to take over. He's going to, he's going to get a head job. Yeah. So there's assistants listening. What, what did you, what do you think you did well when you took over at Liberty and what is, is there a mistake or two that when looking back, it's like, dang, I would do that differently if I could? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I would tell you this. I would tell you, first of all, you assistant coaches out there, like don't, don't pursue the next thing that you think is on your list of what you want for your career. Like focus on where you are and the players and the people that you're around. And I, I know it sounds like cliche, but like just keep your head down and be around and give your best to who you're around and where you're at that day, where your feet are, we like to say. Yeah. And and things are good things are going to come your way. I mean, I I it it's it's um I I kind of did it when I was an assistant, you know, like I, I was like, man, I'd really like to coach at North Carolina or really man, I'd love to coach in the SEC and so like you're going to get there and it's the same thing. You're still, you still have to be the relationships and the, and the, the people just, you got a different logo and maybe a little bit nicer stadium. But um, I do want to say that to the assistants, what, what would I have done differently? 
And, and what did I think I did well? I think the, the best thing I, I did was to celebrate the players in this program right away. Good. Um, we did not say, uh, hey, we got to go get our guys. Um, hey, you know, you guys, I, I tried to make them feel like, you know what, I, I don't care if we didn't recruit you. We're going to try to win with you and to just pour into them. Like I said, we had 13 seniors. So it was like this storm of me looking, sitting there looking at it and saying, wait a minute, dude, I got 13 guys. This is their last ride. Man, we're just going to try to have a blast with these dudes and coach them as hard as we can and make them, you know, realize that we think they're good enough to, to do some damage. And I think we won 32 games. If, if I had to do it all over again, I would have trusted uh, a little bit of instinct with some guys that I thought were going to be good players down the road for us and played them more uh, that first year. Um, you know, I had a little bit of a intuition with some guys. One of them ended up being a 10th round pick. Uh, I wish I would have given him that opportunity a little bit more, even though I would have had to have probably had some tough conversations with a couple of those older players. Um, it would have done two things. It would have really um, probably put us in a better position in year two, and it would have helped me as a, as a head coach to go ahead and have some of those tough conversations right out of the gate in year one. Yeah, really good. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. Okay, uh, uh, kind of in the same vein of things, a little bit different question, though, but I'm curious, as you look back over the last um, six years, what's one area that you're like, okay, I'm definitely better. I've done a better job than five years ago, four years ago, whatever, like what, what's a growth area for you here recently? I would say the biggest thing for me, and, and, and I'm proud to say this because I talk with our players all the time about it, but like my habits are, are, are much better than they were as an assistant. My, I feel like I have to have my time to myself in the morning, um, like that 5.30, you know, 5, 5 to 7 a.m. I, I like to say I get more done in those two hours than I do, you know, the rest of the day because, there's no distraction. And so I think to be able to have a practice plan and, and to have it, you know, be clear and concise and, and what I want, I need that time for myself in the morning. I need that time, you know, to just connect, you know, spiritually and, and for me to just, um, I guess, keep my sanity sometimes. Uh, I have, I have to have that when I don't have that. And I didn't, I wasn't very good about that as an assistant. I, I focused on the recruiting probably more than I should have. And then the recruiting would kind of, you know, make your clock and your routines really, you know, vary so much. So I think that's one area of growth that I've tried to relay to my players. Obviously, they need routine and discipline in their life at that age. I know I did. And so um, that's been a big help for me in an area where I've grown a bunch. I, I mean, I can't imagine not getting up it early every morning and, and slowing your day down, because if I if I were to sleep in, uh, my day would speed up on me pretty quick. Yeah, that's really good. Um, it's 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 it feels so hard for assistants to gain any good rhythms because at the oh. end of the day, and this is this is probably saying it harsh. You don't control your schedule. Yep, that's exactly right. So I mean, I like, can remember, I can remember getting to Long Beach in some of those years, and like just how your body felt. You know, first of all, it was the last recruiting event of the year the Long Beach weather I was looking forward to, but I'll never forget. There was at least, there was one year for sure um, where I just started running because there's that concrete running path on the beach in Long Beach. It's the best place ever to run anyway, but um, that that's, uh, that's a, a, a tough feeling. You know, you're not taking care of yourself. You're not exercising enough. You're not eating like you should. You're eating late at night and you just do that all summer and it catches up with you. And it's hard. It's really hard. No doubt. 
Um, how do you, f- you get, you get two boys, mm-hmm. obviously married with two boys. How do you navigate the rhythms of your call to, you know, to your wife and your, your kids, obviously, but also you got a great opportunity there as the head coach and that's important. Yeah. How do you navigate that? Well, it's been, it's been fun. Um, first of all, my wife is incredibly, uh, competitive and loves, um, being here at the games. And so I've got a wife that loves to sit and watch baseball. So that really, really helps. I've got a wife that wants to travel everywhere she can possibly go and bring our kids with her. And so she's enjoyed that part of it. And there was probably times where in my career we couldn't afford it, but it was the best decision we made was for them to get on a plane and fly to Boston and fly to Chicago, Atlanta, Miami, all those ACC towns. And the experiences that that my kids had were wonderful, but we've always had that time together. And so I think that's really where it starts. I mean, any good coach, you, you're going to start with, you better have a good wife at home. And so for me, that's where all of that starts with our family. She reminds me of appointments and, you know, games and all that good stuff. The, the hard part for me is missing games, um, yeah. especially, you know, my youngest is a good travel ball player. And, you know, I, I have to game, game, what's that thing, game changer and, you know, watch them on, on that app. That's really the toughest part for me. Um, but just being intentional with our time together and really making it our time. I got a 16 year old now that wants to be on that iPad and that, that iPhone a little too much. So um, him and I butt heads uh, quite a bit, but I think really being intentional with our time together and, you know, doing things we like to do. Uh, we like to go skiing. We like to go to the beach. Um, we like to go to Marco Island, Florida, that, that Marriott resort down there. That's our place. So, you know, tr- going to the Braves games. Um, my kids love the Braves. So just trying to do those things every year, they create memories and they create opportunities for us to be together in places that we love being. And it's really fun. Yeah. I love They're that. awesome. It's good. Okay. Um, I asked you a question similar to this when we were hanging out. Um, I had asked you, who would you want to spend some time with? What, what, what baseball coach? And I think you said Hefner at Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to add somebody if you don't want to, no worries. But then I'm going to ask this, what uh, college coach non-baseball would you love to go spend a week just fly on the wall, watching them run their program, how they operate. So let's, let's go. I'll give you an opportunity. First, any other baseball guys come to mind where you could just go spend a week with them? Uh, I, I would, I would probably say um, Mike Bianco, just because I, I like the way I just like his personality. I like the way he leads. Um, one of my best friends used to work for him, uh, Cliff Godwin at East Carolina. And so I've, I've met Mike a little bit, obviously through Cliff, but never really spent a, a whole lot of time around him. And I just like to go watch him be around him and, and, and learn. And, and Heefner, you know, Dan, I don't really know that well. And so you hear such wonderful things about him. I think our schools are very similar with the faith-based mission that we have. And he's done it and had way more success than I have. So I'd, I'd like to learn a lot from him. Yeah, very good. Okay, uh, non-baseball coach that you could go spend some time with. I mean, I, I'd have to. Put Nick say I'd have to say Nick Saban. I, I think he's just fantastic with, and I know there's a lot of people that would say that, but there's just I find myself googling him a lot, listening to press conferences, listening to 
you know, just interviews with him. And I think it's just a very matter of fact, and it's very, um, it's got some old school to it, which I think I have some of that in me. And I, I just, it just, what he says resonates with me a lot. And so I'd love to just observe, watch, and, and just be around him, um, pick his brain a little bit on how he treats players and the way he, you know, he, he just has so many opportunities um, each day with those guys and what that looks like for him and what, you know, what he focuses on. I, I mean, I think the guy's incredible. Yeah, it's good. Okay. I end with three questions. Uh, the first one is what are you currently reading or listening to that's helping you grow? We know that you're into uh, extreme ownership. Is there anything yep. else you're reading and, or what are some podcasts that are go- must, must listens for you? Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've really, um, the extreme ownership is kind of my thing right now. Um, I'm not a big podcast guy. Um, I've, you know, I, I think eventually I will be one day um, without when my kids are off. Um, but I, I just really, you know, I, I run a little bit um, and try to clear my head with music more so than podcasts. Um, and so if it's not being with my kids, then that's really my only time, you know, to, to listen to anything. So I'm not a huge podcast guy, but definitely uh, uh, Extreme Ownership's my latest right now. And I can't wait. It's pretty easy to read. I can't wait to get through it. What's your, what, so far, I know you're only, I think a chapter and a half or two chapters in what's been your biggest takeaway. Yeah, I would think, I, I think the biggest part is like you, you, whether you're success successful or, or you fail, like it starts and ends with you as a leader and you have to take ownership of the things that went right and the things that went wrong. And for us, it's easy to focus on the things that went right and like you said earlier, it's easy to just try to blame somebody else if things don't go well. And so trying to remove that part of it. And I'm just I'm really I, I talk to our players about self-awareness all the time. I think it's the best trait that you can have as an athlete. And I think it's the best trait you can have as a leader. Um, and so this book really reveals that in a way that is life and death is on the line when you're fighting in Afghanistan, Iraq and some of the missions that they went on. And I think so it ratchets that up to a level that it's not life and death out here on the baseball field, but it, it was there and what that looks like. And to be able to say, hey, we lost some of our own, whether it was friendly fire, there's an, there's an example in there of friendly fire and, and, and how that went wrong. And, and for that to come back on you and be able to say, hey, this is on me, how can I be better? And we're talking about losing lives. I think that's incredible humility and an incredible way to look at, you know, the, what they're doing out there as, as Navy SEALs and how important the leadership part is. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Second uh, question I always ask is what advice would you give a young coach? You had mentioned the idea of just be where your feet are, which by the way, is probably, I don't know, 20 of my podcast guests have said that. So that's a yeah. obviously a reoccurring thing. Any other advice you'd give a young person just, just starting in their coaching career? Um, I would say, you know, God gives you two eyes and two ears and, and one mouth, um, for a reason. And I think I learned and did a lot, you know, from, from my development by just watching and listening more so than I did talking. And I think the, the other thing too, is, is to listen well. Um, I think that's something we can all do better. Um, you can be a, a really that that my boss, Ian McCall, is probably the best listener I've ever been around um, just to sit there and, and to have a relationship with him and to talk with him. It is incredibly um, it's one of his, his strengths. I mean, I, I don't know if he knows it or not. I'd be glad to tell him. Maybe he'll listen to this podcast. But 
Um, I love that part about him. And he listens, you know, with the intent to understand, not the intent to reply um, and really processes things and communicates at a level. I mean, just to be a listener and a communicator at that level, I think it helps you tremendously um, as an assistant coach. And I think it's going to lead to good things with you as a head coach, if that can be a trait that you learn to master. It's really good. Okay. Last question I asked, and I'll end with this. Um, who would you like to hear talk about how they build culture, talk about how they do team leadership, maybe hear their background and story. Yeah. Who would you like to hear on this podcast? I would like to hear Corbs. I love him. I love Corbs talking about all that stuff, man. I think, uh, I think he's the master at that. Um, I think he's, he's to have, um, leadership and, and he just articulates himself so well with, yeah how he wants to impact kids and what that looks like for him and to listen to him talk about his players and to describe, you know, the spirit of the player or, you know, he just, he, he, he wants to mention the talent. They've got some really good players, but Corbs is so quick to talk about what the players um, mean to him and to the, to their teammates in a way that um, it's not about their talent. It's just about what they do every day and, and you know, what, what they show up and how they show up every day. And so I would love to hear his thoughts on that. I could listen to him talk all day long. No doubt. Uh, that's really, really good. Well, dude, thanks so much for taking time. And just to to encourage you, Scott, when I was out there for the the couple hours and just kind of listening to you again today, I, I saw uh multiple times where I'm like, all right, this dude's a connector. Just we were, we were, you were touring me and you had to connect with guys in the training room. Then you're out on the field and connecting with people. And then uh, the other thing, just as, as, as we've talked here today, super self-aware and always wanting to get better. You've made some comments, you know, as we were visiting just about your desire, you know, you, you, you want to grow in this area. It's just impressive that you've had the success you've had, and you're still climbing, but yet you're also wanting to continue to get better and learn and not get stuck in like, this is how we've always done it. So anyways, to encourage you, those those things really jumped out when I spent time with you. And um, yeah, dude, I, I've taken up a ton of your time this morning. So thanks for being generous with your time and hopping on. Well, I, it was great to connect with you. You know, you always kind of reson- it resonated with me, just I think what you're chasing and pursuing every day. And, and then you know, you're, you, you've got our background, man. You, you did what we do. You're a college coach. And so that really, you know, was an easy connection for me and, and a relationship that, that I, I value. So I appreciate you coming by and spending some time with us, man. It was awesome. Love it.